Kate Morthland, and thank you for joining us on The Council Covers It, a podcast created by the Illinois Life and Health Insurance Council. Insurance is paramount to the health and wellness of Illinois employers, citizens, and families alike. While critical, the world of insurance can also be daunting and difficult to comprehend. We seek to create understanding by wading through that confusion presented with life and health insurance policies and topics in Illinois. Join us as we dive into some of the state's most pressing insurance issues on The Council Covers It. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Council Covers It. This is a podcast dedicated to all things insurance, explained in a simple and digestible way. I am your host, Kate Morthland, and today we'll be talking about the importance of incorporating a health equity lens in everything that we do in the healthcare space. But someone not in this space all the time could wonder, what is health equity? How is it achieved? How can you better understand the complexities surrounding this term? Well, no worry, listener, because today we have an expert here that can help us answer all of these questions. Please welcome Dr. LaShawn McEver. So how are you, doctor? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your program today. No, very excited for you to be on. So for listeners, a little background. Um, Dr. LaShawn McEver is a proven public health leader with over 20 years of experience driving successful health initiatives and public policy efforts aimed at promoting health equity, improving health out- outcomes, increasing access to quality care, and promoting health system reform. So in July of 2023, so fairly new, she joined AHIP as the Senior Vice President and Chief Health Equity Officer. So in this role, she serves as a thought leader for AHIP's health equity strategies and programs and provides strategic leadership to drive an overall industry-wide health equity strategic roadmap for AHIP. Who I have to breathe real quick. <laughs> and AHIP is a member-driven association. So Doctor, thank you so much for being on our show. I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a really nice Thanksgiving. I did. Um, and, and thank you. And, and you're right. I am I am a newer member of the AHIP uh, leadership team. And, and AHIP stands for America's Health Insurance Plans, as noted. Um, and so I'm, I'm very excited to be here and especially excited for where we are as a healthcare system. Um, you know, I've been doing this work for a number of years and I have uh, shared with people that this is historic, like where we are as a healthcare system is a historic time because there are system level changes that are happening to make healthcare better for everyone. Mm-hmm. So a uh, timely discussion today and uh, excited to just you know share my insight and hopefully it'll provide some um, additional uh, context for others who are working on this work or thinking about how it impacts the things that they do. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I'm so excited that you've joined AHIP and that AHIP has you and we get to work with you. So just diving in, I when I was writing this, your bio is split in half. You've done so many neat things. So I wanted to ask you, tell us a little bit about your background. What brought you to this position specifically? Well, <laughs> you're, it's interesting you say that. Um, 
I often think about the poem about there's two, you know, you come across the road and there's two paths and, and I took the road less traveled. Um, and it has made all the difference. Um, so my, my background is in international health and medicine. Um, I've been working in public health for a number of years and a lot of my work has focused on addressing the needs of medically underserved populations. And, and so that has taken different shapes and forms over the years. In recent years, though, it has led me to uh, focus on how policy impacts health, um, because the policies that we make have a, a tremendous impact on the health and live, lives of, of those across the country. And um you know, I, I have had opportunities over the years to do that. Uh, but in terms of what sort of brought me here, I reflected on this uh, actually earlier in the year during Black History Month. Um, I shared a story about a physician that I remembered from my childhood. Uh, and I just happened to just look him up and see, you know, um, what were some some, you know, what are what are some things about him that I could share? Because I wanted to connect how the things we're talking about that are happening in the healthcare system right now, mm -hmm. um, we are are trying to address systemic barriers in healthcare that date back, right? Like date back hundreds of years, right. but hundreds of years sounds so far away. And, and I thought about someone in my lifetime that had to overcome barriers and the impact that they had on me. And so his name is Dr. Milton Quig Quigless. Um, he was a family doctor in my home state of North Carolina. Um, and so in our little small county, he had a tremendous impact because during, uh, you know, the early 1900s, he was the only um, physician of color at one point of time that was treating many, many people in this small, in our small community. Um, and because of systemic racism in the healthcare system, um, he was denied privileges to practice in like our local hospital and things like that. And he came to meet a need of people who uh, wanted and needed care. And he eventually opened up a clinic. And in that clinic, he cared for anyone. You you know, it didn't matter what color you were, where you were from, what language you spoke. He would treat anyone that came through those doors. So fast forward, you know, decades later when I was born, I remember going to his office and the impact that he had on me as a young child. Um, and then now fast forward as a physician, understanding I'm having the opportunity to help remove barriers for people who are medically underserved. And just those connections of there are things that we're working on as a healthcare system that have been generations in the making, but we are continually making change to improve the lives of others. So, um, you know, the, that, that was something that has had an impact on me that I've brought through, through the work that I do today. And so a lot of the work I've focused on in the last, uh, I would say 10 years has focused on looking at policy and legislative, uh, efforts that can help eliminate, uh, disparities in care. Doctor, you have such a neat background, even from just your story about your childhood and how that kind of blossomed into um, blossomed into your career. You have also a really unique perspective because you are yourself a physician. You can see health equity, not just from a policy, but you're actually in 
uh, you're interacting, you're within the system. So my next question, knowing this is completely loaded, is, is what are some critical components of health equity? Um, that that's a wonderful question. And and actually, when I talk about any of the work that I do in this space, I will start with the definition of health equity because what I certainly have found over the years is definitions matter, how we're thinking about things as a collective matters. And so I'll, I'll just take a minute to talk about um, what health equity is. And as you said, what are some components that are important? Uh, so when we're thinking about health equity, generally we're referring to individuals achieving their highest level of health through the elimination of disparities in health and health care. Um, so a lot of different aspects there, but when we think about health and health care disparities, we're simply talking about um, differences in health and health care between groups that may stem from broader inequities. So, um, you know, for example, if you live in a specific geography, you may experience some barriers to obtaining your highest level of health because of your location. And, um, you know, I know that to be true. I've traveled the country uh, over the years, engaging with stakeholders in many settings. And if you live in a, a geographically isolated area um, and you become gravely ill or you have a chronic disease, managing that disease becomes very difficult. And so there may be some differences in your health and health care um, because of that. Um, but there are array, uh, there's an array of factors uh, that are within and beyond the healthcare system that drive disparities in health and health care. And so when we think about that, um, you know, health disparities are driven by social and economic inequities. A lot of people are finally talking about the social determinants of health or also the, what's called the social drivers of health. Um, you know, five years ago, when I would mention the social determinants of health, um, many across the healthcare system didn't quite understand what that meant. But when the pandemic occurred and we had to think about how do we deliver care um, because of all of these different social um, social barriers, you know, in one's community or how people, uh, you know, just, just different barriers, it, it sort of brought that work to life. And so people... Um, now kind of understand that one's economic stability, where they live, their their neighborhood or their physical environment, their level of education, food, um, whether or not they feel safe in their community, um, uh, things related to the healthcare system. Like there are many social and economic inequities that can lead to these health disparities. Um, there's, so, so I'll, I'll just kind of pause there and just say that. And then the other thing that I'll say is, um, as I mentioned, uh, when you think about health e health equity, we're we're thinking about how can everyone achieve their optimal health, and this is regardless of one's race, ethnicity, disability, sexual orientation, gender identity, socioeconomic status, geography, preferred language, and then you know other factors that may affect their access to care and health outcomes. And so I just wanted to just sort of paint that picture that is broader than what most people associate with this work because often it's just race, right? Like, right. oh, this is about health and of, of uh, different races. It's very broad because many people experience health inequities in our healthcare system. Yeah, it's taking, you would think health is just like making sure you're eating right, but, but really like 
or like making sure you're taking care of yourself to explain that to all of these different components, some outside of their control is, is a holistic and kind of anthropological view on health. Um, so I guess my next question, now that we've talked about some components of that are difficult to conceptualize, but how can we address health equity while also maintaining the competitive marketplace as well as affordable health care. So in, in your new role in your space, you, you're trying to work through all of these things. So I guess, how can that goal be achieved? Um, thank you. That's a wonderful question. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to pause and just give context to. Sure. So prior to coming to um, AHIP, I was the director of the Office of Minority Health at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And as you know, CMS covers over 150 million um, individuals in our country through its programs. Um, And so in that role, under uh, the current administration, the entire federal government was tasked with looking at how we deliver services and benefits in the country and tasked with understanding how do we apply equity to that. So making sure that everyone is able to um, benefit from these services and benefits. So for CMS, that meant how do we think about health coverage differently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that was a body of work that I was able to do to help operationalize how an insurer like CMS, uh, that the, that's a public insurer, how do they um, help do this work. So then now I'm with with AHIP and AHIP, as you mentioned, is a member-driven organization. We represent the other parts of the healthcare coverage, you know, the, the healthcare system that provides coverage and many other services. Um, and so we represent another significant portion of the population. Mm-hmm. In the coverage space, when you think about health equity, what is important is ensuring that the coverage we're providing meets the needs of an individual, and then back to the definition, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of what race you are when you come into um, you know, a doctor's office to receive your, co- you know, to use your benefit, you should be receiving quality, equitable, accessible healthcare. Absolutely. In the health insurance space, that's what we think about. So in order to get there, One, it's important that you understand the populations you're covering. Do you have adequate data to understand um, what may be impacting those that you're covering? And what are are areas that you may need to focus on um, to help increase, to help improve the health outcomes for those that you're covering? And so part of that, it starts with data, understanding your data. It starts with um, as an organization, actually prioritizing health equity, not as something that you do at the end of a process, but something that you do at the beginning so that you're thoughtful in how, as an enterprise, you approach this work, um, how within each unit, you're sort of thinking about if we are providing coverage, can it, is it accessible to everyone? Is it equitable for everyone? Um, you know, the Common, Commonwealth Fund put out a report, puts out a report about, um, how you know healthcare spending and mm-hmm. this this global report and and as you probably know the US consistently uh we spend the most of any high income country in the world on healthcare coverage however our health outcomes place us at the bottom of that list 
Yes. And I think that's really, um, you know, that's a, that's a concern that we should have. What are we paying for as a healthcare system? And so thinking through equity, an equity lens allows us to be more strategic in how we deploy our resources, how we provide care so that we can um, move towards a more equitable healthcare system. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Doctor, you've been in your role for um, some months now. Within your role, as you're kind of looking into this in a deeper level, what's one thing that keeps you up at night? And what's one thing that also wakes you up in the morning? <laughs> uh, you're right. It's only it's it's only been a short amount of time, but you know what keeps me up at night is how do we build an equitable? How do we leverage where we are today mm-hmm. to continue moving forward in building the healthcare system of the future? Yeah. And you know, it goes back to we're spending a lot of money on healthcare and we can't stay here where we're spending a lot of money, but our population is not, is not sort of benefiting from it. They're getting sicker. Right. You know, those populations are not living longer or the quality of life is poorer. Um, so what do we need to do to continue the forward mo- motion of building the healthcare system of the future? And insurers play an important, critically important role because, as I said, our members cover millions of Americans in this country, but they also provide many other aspects um, of care, of the care continuum. So um, that keeps me up at night. Like, how are we going to sustain this work? Because it's not a movement. Health equity is not a movement. It's not a fleeting priority. It really should be an imperative of how we think about healthcare. So that keeps me up at night. Um, but what wakes me up in the morning is we are doing it. We're actually moving the needle. Um, and there's a, a quote that I love that Martin Luther King talks about, about the arc of justice, how it mm-hmm. is, you know, it, don't quote me on the exact quote, but this whole <laughs> idea of it bends slowly, right? Like that arc of justice, it, it's a slow, it slowly bends. And we're bending the curve on this slowly but we are all pulling on it together as a healthcare system in a new way for the first time. So this represents a historic opportunity for that continued change. And when I walk into, I, I get to walk and walk and uh, meet with people across the country in many different sectors. And when I walk into a room and you know a tech conference and health equity is on the agenda, I get so excited. Because this is what we're working towards for the future. This is how we get to the future. No one entity can help solve this alone. But when we work together, this is how we will make those changes. So I'm very excited about that. That's an amazing answer. It's a very hopeful answer, right? And I like how you mentioned that, you know, health equity isn't fleeting. It's something that it should be foundational so you have to dig through a lot of soil to actually plant those roots again. And so that could be at the basis of every decision that we make in the healthcare system. So what's what's a piece of advice you have for individuals writing policy or in policy in regards to health equity? So in regards to those who are currently doing this work, there's a couple of things. One, I will say, um, and this is, this is, this is, less about strategy and more about sustainability to sure. not give up, to not give up, not give up. Um, because what I do hear from those who are doing this work, that is difficult. It can be lonely. 
Mm-hmm. It can be um, exciting and, and, you know, you find great uh, satisfaction in the change that you're making, um, but it can be difficult. So one, don't give up on the, the efforts that you're doing, but strategically, if you're doing this work, one, um, continue to uh, think about it more from, you know, make sure you're thinking about it strategically across what you do. So I'll, I'll speak to, um, you know, other organization, like an organization. Um, if you have made health equity a priority, it's not just one person's job to do health equity. It's really understanding strategically, how do you look at this across your entire enterprise? Right. Um, and so wherever you're standing within your organization, how do you translate this imperative in your work? And, and if you're saying it doesn't apply to me, I, I would offer it absolutely applies to you. You could be a person in finance. Um, if you're in finance, you're in charge of budget budgeting. Do you understand what, what this work is about and how it fits into your, your mission of your organization and the work that you're doing? Um, if you're, if you are policymaker and you're doing this work, do you understand the needs of the people that you're serving and where it fits on this continuum? Because as I mentioned, it's not just about race and ethnicity, right? So you may be in a, a, a you may have those that you're representing or working be, on behalf of that have other needs and they're experiencing inequities when they enter into the healthcare system. So one, understanding what are the needs of the people that you're representing and how are the policies that you are working on helping them and more importantly, making sure you're not hurting, uh, you know, hurting those individuals by these choices. And policy is very critical. Many policies have led us here. There are many things that have led us here, the policy lens. And so policy is one of our most powerful tools of also changing the future of how we um, provide health care and health coverage in this country. Um, so one, not to give up, <laughs> keep doing the work. Two, be strategic about it. And three, um, I often hear groups say nothing with about us without us, making sure you understand the needs of those you're representing and that you're being a positive part of the solution and helping to address their needs. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you can you can even take it outside of the healthcare space in any in any sort of situation. So, doctor, do you have any final remarks for our listeners today? I would so I I now have the 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 actual quote from Martin Luther King. Perfect. <laughs> he, said, he said the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And um, you know, inequities are built into our institutions and our systems and our policies. And it's taken us a long time to get here. Um, but the the good news that I, I focus on is we're working to change the future of of these things in the healthcare system. And I have seen tremendous progress happening across many different sectors. And so I'm excited to be a part of this work. And I invite uh, you who are listening today that if this is a part of what you're doing, just encouraging you to keep keep doing this work. And if you're not, you know, you can start today. So thank you so much. And from um, AHIP, uh, AHIP perspective, we're going to be focused in the next, you know, the next several years on how do we as insurers help insure people are getting the coverage that they need. So Absolutely. thank you. Well, doctor, I just, 
you know, as a person, you're incredibly inspiring. I think, uh, you know, I, I, when I asked you to be on the podcast, I said, I listened to you present your story at another presentation and it was, it was moving. It was really, really neat. So I'm really thankful you could take the time today to sit down and kind of talk to me about your role and about some of AHIP's goals and what you're trying to achieve in that space. I think AHIP would be, is, I'm very excited to work with you. I'm sure I'm thrilled to have you. And uh, I look forward to see where this takes us in the future. You said the bend is, is slow, but, um, I, you know, I I think you'll move mountains. I really do. So um, if if people want to get a hold of you, if they have more questions, if they want to dive into this a little bit more, where can they reach you or uh, or AHIP in general? So if, if you'd like to learn more, I encourage you to go to our website, which is ahip.org, um, and just see some of the, the work that's being done. AHIP has done some incredible work in this space over the last several years, and we're excited that through this new role of Chief Health Equity Officer that um, um, you know I'll be helping to elevate this work and, and accelerate what we're doing in the health insurance system. So um, again, ahip.org. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. We're 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 in all of those uh, places. But I encourage, excuse me, I encourage you to just, uh, you know, see what we're up to and, and join us. Absolutely, and I will make sure for our listeners that that website is linked to our show notes. And um, for the council, remember us to f- also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is IL underscore LHIC in order to stay up to date on all things life and health insurance. Also, subscribe to the council covers it so you won't miss an amazing episode like this. Lastly, check out our website at www.ilhic.com. Dr. Thank you again for the fantastic discussion today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Fantastic. So for our listeners, we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Council Covers It. Thank you for joining us today. Feel free to subscribe and rate the podcast in order to stay up to date on episodes as we explore various life and health insurance policies and topics in Illinois. We hope you join us again on The Council Covers It.